Hey there, and welcome to Eve Unleashed, hosted by Brittany and Madison. This is real talk for real women who are ready to step out of society's confining boxes and grow. By learning from other people's stories, we become more aware, conscious, and accepting of others and get one step closer to shaping the world into a better place. Join us as we talk with women from many different backgrounds about life, relationships, work, family, religion, and everything in between. We are on a mission to start a new conversation and to help women wherever they are in life. Thank you for being here with us. Now let's jump into today's episode. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. We have Dr. Julie Hanks. We're so excited to have her (laughs) here with us today. Um, You can follow her on her Instagram at Dr. Julie Hanks. And she has a podcast, which is amazing as well. Um, she has really changed the way we have viewed ourselves as yes. women, I feel like. I feel I feel the same way. So Aww, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what a nice intro. Thank you so much. So can you tell us a little bit about us, who you are and what brought you to kind of what you do now on Instagram? Because um, so I know my one of our past guests, uh, Kathleen Baxter, she works for the Wasatch Therapy Group and that you're a part of. But you've kind of switched gears um, recently from therapy to coaching. So what kind of brought all that about? Yeah. So there's a bunch of questions, I think, in that one question. Um, so I, I'm still so I my training is as a therapist. Um, I have a Ph.D. in marriage and family therapy and a master's in social work. And I started Wasatch Family Therapy in 2002. So I'm still the owner and manager of Wasatch Family Therapy. Although you're right, I do not see therapy clients anymore. Um, I see coaching clients. And that came about, I just, I felt like I needed to take some of the emotional energy that was going to clients and put it into reaching more people through, uh, through, you know, and I had already been using social media and blogging and things like that, but I just felt like I needed to do more writing and, and focus more on uh, reaching more people. And then I missed seeing therapy clients. And so people said, well, can we work with you maybe as, as a coach? And I said, okay, cause it's less in depth and it's shorter term and it's, mm-hmm. you know, more problem solving and that kind of thing. It's, it's a little, it's less emotionally taxing. So I do a little bit of coaching. um, And then I do online events and courses and things like that as well. That's amazing. I love that. Um, Lately, and I'm actually I'm probably a fairly recent follower, Mm -hmm. like within the last year. But a lot of your content is about like these gender roles. Yes, right. And that's not something Mm -hmm. that um, is addressed very often here in Utah, where we're no. from. <laughs> um, kind of, was there a moment that you were like, this needs to be talked about? Or what brought that focus about for you? My my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I grew up in, in California, the LDS church. And it was very clear to me early on, that men were empowered and women weren't. And that was in my home and church. And when I was growing up, I realized, well, the boys get to do all these fun things. And I noticed the disparity around me and it always bothered me. And so when I got married and started having kids, uh, I really worked toward having a partnership marriage where we had equal power, equal decision-making power, equal 
you know, access to resources, all that good stuff. And, um, and then I studied it, I've studied it in, in my schooling. And I just think it's, um, it's an area where we can grow so much in, in terms of the church where we need to grow. Oh, so I remember a couple years ago that so many women in the church were having, I guess, like, I don't, I don't know what to call it, an identity crisis or um, some sort of crisis because they're like, it's not fair that men have the priesthood and women don't. And then I believe it was, I can't remember if it was one of the prophets or a counselor that came out and said, like, women have their own unique set of roles that they need to be doing in, I, I guess, in the home or within whatever they, I guess, the home, the church, all of it, whatever they see fit for their family. And I just remember thinking, going, you know, saying like, oh, well, I don't, I don't need the priesthood. Like, that is not something that I, that I want. But at the same time, I'm like, what are they talking about? And so then finding your, um, your Instagram, I'm like, oh, oh, I see it now. I get that because there, there is a ton of like these gender roles. I did not, I did not see it for a very, very long time. And maybe it's just because I don't have that in my marriage where I feel like he's more important than I am. Um, but now I kind of like see, especially like within our culture where it's kind mm-hmm. of like women, you're just meant to kind of be there and make sure that your kids are taken care of. I feel like, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Where people feel that way now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of women are fine with that. Like a mm-hmm. lot of women don't see a problem and they're happy with the role they've been assigned Yeah, and they don't want more. Um, and a lot of women didn't want to vote either. A lot of women fought against women's suffrage. So, so yeah. <laughs> we're not, a, we're not always aware of the ways patriarchy impacts us because a lot of it is, is kind of this subconscious stuff. Mm, interesting. Well, I think I, I totally agree with that. I mean, so I've been married, um, for almost 11 years and it wasn't really until, Um, My third was born two years ago and I went, I'm kind of done waiting till she's in school for me to do what I want to do. So I had to just kind of take that power back and be like, I'm going to do this thing. But that was, people were like, what are you doing? You're putting your kid in daycare. You're doing this. Like there is so much, um, I don't know, anxiety around changing up those gender roles. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's set up for the expectation that men will have both and women will have one. Men will have their personal life, their career, their education, and women will have family. Mm-hmm. But men can have family too, right? So, yeah, yeah. It, it, so women have to fight. I call it advocating for yourself within your family structure. But my husband never had to do that because it's set up to support him. Right. The the default is set up to support him. So what advice would you give women? Like, I didn't realize I had a problem with it until like I because that's how I was raised. It's how I was. So I think some people even now they're like, well, I'm happy like this. Right. But maybe not. So how how do you start that journey of figuring out what am I doing because I want to and what am I doing because it's how I was raised? Like, how do you start? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I want to make really clear before we go down that road that that taking care of other human beings is important and necessary work. So it, I do not think, oh, it's better if you're employed. It's better. I, no, I think it's a choice. I think there are certain skills that grownups need to have, <laughs> men and women. One is being able to support yourself. Uh, the other is being able to to manage a household and to be able to do whatever it takes to keep up a household and to be able to care for other human beings. I think those are just adulting things, right? (laughs) So like assuming you're prepared for those things, then choose where you want to focus. And, and it's all valuable. Um, So I don't want to, to be misunderstood that, it's better to do things outside of the home than inside of the home, because I don't right. think that that's the case. Um, but what you're asking is, you know, a lot of women have kind of been funneled and men, too, in a different way, but have been funneled into these gender roles where there wasn't even the thought, well, what do I want? It was just told to you what you're going to do and what you're going to enjoy and how your life's going to look. And so I think the first step is asking that question, what do I want and how will I know that? Um, and, and that's just part of the self-work that we have to do as, as growing up and maturing is understanding and recognizing, you know, what is my path? What's my personal revelation telling me and really owning our own lives instead of just kind of doing this pre- decided pattern. Oh, yes. And I love how you talked about like the pattern, because that's kind of how I was raised is you here's your like little checklist is you are to get married and married in the temple. And then you're to have kids and you are to be a stay at home mom, the end. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, that's like, that's really hard for me in my personality. Because and I think this is why we branched out to do this podcast. Because I'm like, I need more motherhood. And this sounds horrible, but for me, motherhood is not 100% fulfilling for me. It's not the only thing I have been sent here to do. And um, I feel like that's it. We, in a past episode, the thing that keeps coming to my mind, we talked with a a lady who she owns like two or three businesses or Mm -hmm. something. And she says, why is it that men, when they go work overtime or two or three jobs, they're championed and they're like, good job, great job for providing for your family. But a woman, if you go out and you have kids, they're like, why is she gone again? Why is she not home with those poor children? And why that poor dad, he's sitting home and he's babysitting, quote unquote, babysitting. I'm like, oh, I hate that. I'm like, no, their father is watching his children. Like there is no babysitter about it. And it just drives yeah. me bonkers. Yeah. But, um, I've yeah. Even, like have this fight with my own mother because she was not raised to take care of herself. It was very much, you need to always be sacrificing yourself and your wants, your needs, your mental health for the sake of your children, which in return, my, I feel like that my mom had some very unhealthy expectations of herself and which created a lot of um, not so much resentment towards her kids, but like just in life in general, because now she's an empty nester and she's like, what am I? 
where, where am I going and what am I supposed to be doing? And she's trying to find herself. And I've had to, you know, me, like one thing that I need, I'm like, I need to go to the gym and I need to do this and this and this. And she's like, no, quit putting your kids in daycare, quit doing this, quit doing that. You should be home with your children. And it's interesting that the, uh, the gender or not the gender, the uh, age gap right there, mm-hmm. um, where, boomers, I guess, mm-hmm. boomers versus millennials type thing where millennials are all for like, we need to like take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. And boomers are like, sacrifice everything of yourself. And <laughs> it's yep. wild, wild to yeah. me. but how can we, how can we help women in realizing it's okay to take care of yourself like reassure them like how yes. do we help others to, yeah. to feel okay with this even like that that quote-unquote boomer generation to say hey like it is okay that you are looking out for yourself and you're not taking care of your 30 40 year old mm-hmm. children anymore and yeah. how can we help women do that yeah so i don't know that it's our job necessarily to convince other people of how we think. (laughs) I think the most most powerful thing is to live it. That's what I found. And I found that some of my more conservative family members have been like, Oh, wow, like, there are different ways to do this. And wow, your, your kids aren't totally messed up because they had nannies or they, you know, because you went back to school or you did this or, um, yeah, so I think just modeling that is probably the most powerful thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And and not really try to convince somebody else. I mean, they can have their point of view, but also they don't get to put their point of view on you. Right. Like it's not your mom's place to tell you how to parent. Right. Mhm. Or to criticize it or to give any kind of input unless you ask. I love your um, your post you've done um, where you've talked about how we have to like remove our identities from like our children or like or from our house. That Ooh. one for me, I'm like, oh, like my house <laughs> doesn't like determine who I am, like yeah. how clean it is. Yeah. Like, so removing the like the external things that quote unquote define us to figure out like what actually defines us, I think is super scary. And empowering as a woman. Yeah. 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 You are not your house. You are not your children's appearance or behavior. You you know, there there are so many external things that we look to to kind of prop ourselves up. And those things do not work long term because your house is going to be messy and your kids are going to be naughty. (laughs) Why do you think that is? Why do you think so many women place their identity on things like their house their children, how their children act and behave, their church callings. Why do you think we put our identities in so many different like boxes, so to say? I think we're taught, I mean, you know, we're taught that family and motherhood is the pinnacle of your existence. So how, how could you not put, put your sense of self-worth into how you're doing in those areas? Right. And we measure how we're doing generally by external you know, external measures. So if your kids are all married in the temple or they're all, they're all active in the church, then, you know, then you can go, Oh, I'm a good mom. Or if your house is clean and, you know, so we're kind of trained to do that. And then we live in a general, you know, the broader culture that's very external focused, 
right? Appearance matters and, and status and money and, and what toys you have. And, and so I think it just kind of all gets mixed together in this really, um, unhealthy way. And men have other things that they judge themselves on, like how much money they make and how the kind of car they drive. And, you know, there's other status uh, ways that men prop themselves up too that, that aren't necessarily healthy. I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. I was, I was even talking to um, my husband about how like women have the expectation to just to to be moms and whatever, but then men have the expectation to figure out a job super quick. And like, if you change your careers down the line, like, what are you doing? You're jeopardizing your whole family. Mm -hmm. Why don't you have a steady job? Like, so there's definitely different types of gender expectations that are put on men Mm -hmm. to be that perfect provider and to have the perfect job where um, if you're somebody who takes a little longer to figure out what you want or decides to change careers, then people are like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Patriarchy hurts men and women. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an important thing to think about. I think sometimes we get, we, we want to like, and not to like downplay that, you know, certain genders have had it harder than others or different things like, but there's like hurt all over mm-hmm. and it's okay to acknowledge that some things are tough for them too. It doesn't take away from no. what no. we're going through. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like there's a toxic thing. Like you said, like if you look at men, like, Oh, they have it really hard like I mean I would not I would not want my husband's job (laughs) to be the provider of the family and because that's that's what works for us is he is like that I want to stay home with my kids while they're smaller and for him to be able to like provide for us so I can do that and especially in today's world it's so expensive I'm like I would not want his job I would not want that (laughs) and then he says the same thing he goes I couldn't stay home I could not I could not you know, raise our children day in and day out like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. homeschool and all these other things. He's like, just that's a no from me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, it's kind of crazy to think how, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and sad really, you know, if women sit there and, you know, say like, Oh, you're not a feminist because you think that men sometimes have it hard or like you said, patriarchy harms all. So right. Re- rigidity, rigidity, hurts people, right? Mm-hmm. Like flexibility is good and options are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think however you work it out, I, I think feminism is about being conscious of the choices that you make mm-hmm. and ha- being empowered. It's not making certain choices. It's being empowered in the choices that you make. How would you, because um, if you want to discover you want something different, like if it's just you, it's not as big a deal. You just make the changes and move on. But when you're in a partnership and you're, you're married, then you have to, you're adjusting their life too. If you're, if you're changing how you're living, you're changing how they're living. So what are some ways to make that transition easier or how to approach that topic with your spouse when you've been living one way for so long and you want to change it up? Yeah. So do you have a specific example that we could um, kind of play around with? School. Well, I mean, school, like my husband, yeah. you know, I was a stay at home mom. I was always stay at home mom. 
Um, he's a CPA. So during January to April was especially like, I hold every, the fort down. I don't see him. And then I said, well, I'm going to school now. Like, um, and he was very supportive of it, but it's still like changed everything up. And we're trying to figure out how to like, um, I never had him really do chores because I was home. So I did it. So trying to figure out how to balance out the home stuff when I'm not home anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So change is not necessarily bad. Change is just part of life, right? And so we're always going to be requiring our partner to shift and adjust and same with us, depending on what's going on, right? But the expectation is that the woman adjusts to the man, like you adjust to his busy season, you adjust to (laughs) not, not the other way around. So you have to kind of reframe that like we adjust our lives for each other. Mm-hmm. And and remember that it's okay to get more support. If you're adding more things on to your family's commitment level, it's okay to build in more support oh. if you can. And I yeah. know that, that that's a privileged position for sure. Like if you can afford childcare, if you can afford um, a nanny or, you know, you can babysit trade with your neighbor or hire a house cleaner or whatever. I know that not everybody can do that, but if you can, if you're in a position to do that and guilt is what's stopping you, like get rid of the guilt and just do it. Um, But I think having those conversations about like, okay, you know, it's easy for a partner to say, oh, I support you in going to school, but that's not necessarily, verbal support is not necessarily support. It's like, okay, what are you willing to shift? What are you willing to take on? Mm-hmm. And what are you willing to take responsibility for? Because so many times men will say like, well, I, what you tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's like, no, that's work. You take on something. I don't want to tell you what to do. You take it on. And so re- renegotiating that, like what, what sphere are you going to be in charge of to make this, my schooling work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what has he taken on? I'm well, we, had, we had that exact same conversation where I was like, I need you to do these things. He's like, okay, make me a list. And I said, no, but the list is another job for me to do and whatever. So I film, so he likes math. So it, what clicked for him is I said, right now our duties are split like 90, 10, which was fine when I was home 90% of the time and you were home 10. If we could get it to 70, 30 right now and, that would make me happy. <laughs> and he has like started doing more because in his brain, like the 70, 30 clicked for him. But yeah, even then I still have to remind him and be like, okay, I think what was hardest for me was to allow myself to not just take care of the things that he didn't either. Like if he hadn't done something, me not just doing it, that was the hardest thing for me is to like, well, if he didn't do it, it just doesn't get done. Right. right. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah, it's hard to, to let go and to drop drop the responsibility. Like, this really isn't my job anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to be like, what kind of, I had to, he wrote down like three things that are like, I will never touch the garbage can again. I will never touch the vacuum cleaner or something. And he will unload the dishwasher. He will not load it, but he'll unload it. And I'm like, deal. Like, figuring that stuff out. But for some reason, and I've talked to other women 
all men that from what I've heard so far all say the exact same thing where they're like, make me a list. Yeah. And I don't understand why they can't just see a mess and pick it up. I hate the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they're not trained to do that. Their ego is not invested in the state of their house. They haven't been trained to feel like it's a reflection on them. So they don't literally like they don't see it because they don't they haven't been trained to see it or feel like it's their job. And so that's something we need to change in our homes raising kids now is that like this the home is a family workplace. It's not a mom's job. It's a family family farm. So I tell my kids, they don't have to wake up at five to milk the cow, but they need to wake up at seven and unload the dishwasher, right? Like just part of being in the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. I love that because I feel like so many moms do tie, you know, their identities to their home to the, for a long time. I did my like, goodness. You're just after it. Um, <laughs> where I did that for a really, really long time. Whereas if my house was messy or something like that, then I would, oh, I'm not a good housewife. I'm not, you know, and just, I really did tie my identity to it for a really long time. I'm still working on it, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. What what can we do with our children? I don't feel like, I don't feel like I was told gender roles as a kid, like my parents or anything, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like when I got married, all of a sudden, like, I had, I knew my place, I guess. So how do we like fix that for our children as they are (laughs) getting married and helping them like before they get married, realize that just because they're getting married doesn't mean all of a sudden, like you're a housewife. Like how do we change that? By modeling something different. Very few times are you, are you, well, this happens in church, but very few times do people sit you down and be like, okay, so a woman's job is this. It's that stuff is just caught by what you see, by what you see on TV, what you see in your families. And so by modeling something different, right, is how you teach something different. How do you because like, what if you are a stay at home mom, but you want to make sure that other options are being modeled as well for them do you just kind of like point out like so and so works and that's great too like because I mean I have friends that like I I like to work but you're you want to be a stay-at-home mom and I want my kids to know that it's okay to be a stay-at-home mom too so it's like how do you yeah show both so so I think there's a lot more just stay at home and working right Mm -hmm. it's really about reframing who's responsible or like we're a partnership and we're both responsible for the welfare of our family. And here's how we're dividing it. It's not because he's a man. It's because that's how we've divided it in our family. And, and look, they divide it differently. And look, their, you know, their dad goes on the bus tour with the choir and their, oh, and their mom does. And, and their, you know, their dad does the dishes and, what their mom works. So just pointing those out, but also modeling something different that just because you're a woman doesn't mean all of the household work is yours because that means you're working 24 seven and your partner's working eight to 10 to 12 hours if it's busy season. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're never off the clock and that's just not, that's not fair. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I, it's crazy when you sit there and really think about it. Um, 
I don't know. I, I was just thinking of your comment, how, you know, so many women, cause same thing. Like I, my dad did dishes. My dad took out the trash. He did, he did chores. So there was never that mom does this, mom does that, blah, blah, blah. So I've been sitting there trying to think like, where did I get this, you know, gender role in my head to where, you know, I know that the working thing part was like definitely from my mom where she always did say that, like, you need to be home with your kids. And I think that comes down from deep regret of when she had to work because um, she didn't want to. She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but she had to work. So I feel like there's a lot of resentment there. But I'm like, at what point did I sit there and put that in my mind that I that that was my role too? Like, I have to, you know... Well, you absorb it from the time you're born. Your girls are given dolls. Girls are given kitchen sets. Girls are given by the toys you're given, by what you see on commercials, by what you see around you. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. That's, yeah. So now, that's true. now I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, so now I just need to make sure my kids like know that they just have like choices all the time. Like, that's my <laughs> goal is to know for them to always know that. There's more than one way to do something and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, my boys, I have two girls and two boys and my boys had dolls. I wanted them to see themselves as nurturing individuals. Mm-hmm. Yes. It drives me crazy when people, cause I have one son that, you know, I have a doll from when I was a kid that I hope to pass on to like a daughter, but I have four boys. So that's never going to happen for me. And I remember being like, so sad about it. Like, Oh, I can't pass on this doll. And then my second son, he is like, like, I'm like, he's going to be a good dad. That kid is going to be an amazing father. But so many people are like, don't let your sons play with dolls because they're going to turn out gay. And I'm like, that's not how that happens. I'm like, what? That's (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, like, that is so ignorant. Ignorant, so ignorant. is the right word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm thinking yeah, for sure. people, I'm like, well, he's going to be a good dad. Like, he's learning how to take care of a baby. It's a doll. Yeah, but right. I'm, I'm thankful to live in this time right now where I feel like really the message being sent out is that there is not one right way to be a person. Yes. Like, yeah. there's so many ways yeah. to live your life. There's not one right way to be a mom. It's, it's a great time. It's, it's a struggle. I feel like, especially people who are different and there's, there's mm-hmm. still a lot of ignorance, but I do feel like we're heading in a good direction. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, should we wrap up? You think? Yeah, and yeah. So to wrap up, we like to ask our um, guests, what is one thing that, what, if you had to pick one thing to be changed for the next generation of women, what would you hope will have changed by then? that women will be included in decision-making uh, in the church. Ooh. I, I agree. I'm oh, like, yeah, that was so hard. My mom told me yeah. she just got called in her stake to be, she is the second ever, there's the two of them just got called together, female financial person for the stake. So oh. the financial committee that goes over the numbers awesome. and yeah. literally, yeah. And she's like, I, first off, she didn't even know that was a calling. And they're like, we're calling you and this other woman because we're trying to include more women in these callings. And I was like, go oh, mom. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So that's great. It's cool to see things 
opening up. Yes. <laughs> so I, I agree. I hope there's more. I want to see more. I do too, because I feel like that women, it's like, you're allowed to be like a primary ch- teacher and that's it. And I'm like, <laughs> I am they not are. a good primary teacher. <laughs> I will never be <laughs> a primary teacher. <laughs> yeah. But that would be, that would be good to, mm-hmm. to see it expand because I feel like so much women have, we have so much potential we think but, differently too. Uh-huh. Our creative, like we're, our problem solving is just different. And, and it's good to have both types of problem solving and problems. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so yes, much for joining you. us and for being here uh-huh. with us. We love it so much. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Yes. Yes. Well, um, we'll just talk to you later. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Eve Unleashed. Join us on Instagram at Eve Unleashed to continue the conversation. We would love to hear from you and hope you have an amazing day.